Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Ariel Hooper, musician, author, and life coach who during her near-death experience in 2020 encountered God, and today we're going to learn about it. Ariel, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thanks for having me. Ariel, if you don't mind, can we just start on the day that your NDE happened and go from there? Sure. I was actually in hospice care. Um, thankfully, I didn't have to do it in a facility. Uh, some people took me in and did it in their home, so we had the nurses come there. I woke up. I was not doing well. I could kind of feel like, I don't know. I felt like I just had nothing left of me and I was barely able to breathe. And uh, I remember when the nurses gave me my meds and just looked at uh, Marsha who was there and said, I don't think I'm making it through the end of this day. Like, so sure enough, um, we had some friends who'd come over and everything to come visit and spend some time with me. I was with a really good friend and another friend of hers and then also the people who were taking care of me. And uh, I just, I closed my eyes because I just didn't have the strength to open them anymore. And I remember hearing like this high pitched ring and then this snap, like a crack. And the next thing I know I was out of my body. And um, next thing I was over top of my body and I could hear everything that everyone was talking about. Um, Paul Young, the author of The Shack, was on the phone at that time saying goodbye. Um, so, and then everyone let them know, like, who was on the phone, let them know that I, I passed. And I all of a sudden was in this dark, just, it was just nothing, nothing. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, to say dark, it wasn't dark, but it was just space of nothingness. And then... I was all of a sudden in a room and there was a light and then there was a little door and a big, huge door. And I all of a sudden was having flashes of my life and just these things that I guess I misguided or missaw, didn't see correctly and didn't see the truth of what life was. And I was seeing them flash before my eyes. And I remember putting my face my face in my hands and I just felt this shame and all this stuff for just the way I believed in life. And the next thing I know, I heard this voice like thunder and lightning shout out at me, you know, and said, Ariel, remove your face from your hands in shame. You're not what you think you are. And then the same thing again, calling my name saying, remove your hands from your face of shame. I'm not what you think I am. And so I still didn't remove myself. I just kept seeing all these flashes of life. And, and then all of a sudden, just the right thing, I guess, hit my heart. And I opened up and before me was a mirror. And I realized I could see who I was and it wasn't what I thought I was. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm seeing God and it wasn't what I thought I was. And then all of a sudden, they disappeared and I'm in that room. 
and I see the little door and the big door and the light. And I went, I don't think I'm supposed to go to the light. And I looked at the big door and I thought that just seems too simple. So I tried, <laughs> decided to go through the little door, which was really difficult. But once I was through, I just kept going through these different realms and different places and each place. I would have God shout out who I was and show me these places and where I wasn't during times of before. And then after going through this long journey, I, I came to a place where I got to look down here and I saw uh, what it was. I saw what was really going on. Um, I saw a pod and I, I removed myself from it. And I was there at this center of light of, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. There's no real words in this, in this realm to explain this, but basically what I got out of it was, this is assimilation and we've already destroyed what we once had. And this is God's mercy for us to actually reconcile with the crap we believed that separated us from the one union because everything is one equation and it's mathematical beyond. And there's frequencies that run and, and there's so much to this earth that we just don't even comprehend. And I honestly came back and went, wow, religion is so bloody man-made. This is not helping us, you know, and God's real. Yes. But this mindset of separation and making ourselves be in this box system to fit something that we were never meant to fit just uh it woke me up from that so the only thing that got me to come back after everything I experienced really was that in my looking in on what was going on here my boys took their lives and they took their lives because of the way they believed the system what they believed about themselves and you know losing their mom and their dad and so I begged to return. And thankfully, creator can time travel like no tomorrow. And when I returned, it wasn't easy because my body was pretty dead. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was very difficult. I felt at first I thought I was maybe trapped in a body that wasn't going to function. But slowly over time, I got strength. And uh, I died April 28th, and I got out of hospice June 9th. And then I returned to where my kids were, where they were in Canada, spent time with them there. And every day since I've been just discovering the things that I saw and experienced there and, and looking for them here. And I've traveled across the country since and just helping people, listening to what I know to show up to. Ariel, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. I probably should have asked you to maybe give you give us a little backstory because I didn't realize or remember that you were in hospice. What were yeah. you? What were you in? So, what were you in hospice for? I have several diseases. Um, I was unfortunately uh, kind of a. I had some experience experiments and research done on me as a kid in Canada, and it it caused some destruction to my body and then I signed up for some of that stuff as an adult because I have a rare blood type and uh, I can withhandle more things than the average person so I went in for a bunch of different experiments and it destroyed my body I have Lyme disease I have uh, heart heart issues as well we're finding out right now if, if my lower ventricles 
shot of what's going on because I'm having major heart issues right now. I have rheumatoid arthritis, also a form of bone marrow disease. And right now they're finishing up on this cancer stuff. They're calling it pre-cancer right now because I do have some lumps in my neck and my and my thyroid and my lymph node. And then I have two on my hip, but we're just trying to get the finances and uh, proper insurance to get some of these testings that I apparently don't qualify for quite yet. So <laughs> meanwhile, they've been just trying to treat it with the best they can. One specialist started me on a methotrexate to see if that would help, but I've decided not to do that because I don't do well chemicals. And so I've been going natural right now. And so, yeah, in total, I've got about seven different diseases. And with this cancer thing, that would mean eight. So, yeah. <laughs> so I've been fighting that. And I was in hospice because I had an inoperable tumor that put me into adrenal failure. And during that time, we thought I was still a Canadian, didn't realize I was actually a born American. My dad took me away as a military man <laughs> so he didn't fill out the right pro- paper forms and never informed me that I was actually born American so hmm. I didn't have the right medical for that during that time and medical would pay for hospice and not for the specialist to possibly save my life so they put me in hospice so they you- get me to the ones that could help me <laughs> Do you feel that during your experience, God healed your body? I knew when I was coming back that I was coming back to the body being what it was, but I was given keys on how to keep it stable and strong and go the way I've been going. Um, so that was basically what I knew. Some of this stuff I have isn't like a natural thing, right? So it's stuff that happened through chemicals creating through being experimented on as a kid. So it makes it very complex. And I knew that going back, it was my time. So sometimes we have to take a sacrifice to go in for what we realize is more important. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, even since I would return, I was like, you know what? I'm a dead woman. I was put in hospice. I died and came back and I'm still fighting for my life. So I'm just going to go live every day and do what I saw and hope, hopefully help people along the way let what happens with me, you know, unfold as we go along. So you mentioned that you saw a pod on the other yeah. side. Is that like something like from the matrix, like a pod? Yeah, it's like I was like sitting there afterwards. It took me about 11 months to go through this stuff that I experienced because I asked to return with the knowledge and with the wisdom that I gained. I said, don't let me return for getting this. I need this. And I, and I, and I asked for that. And it's like, I've been up here too long to like disappear from this. And so, yeah, when I went back, you know, The Matrix is probably one of the most realistic movies of realizing what's going on. Like, God is loving. God so loved us that instead of letting us all be destroyed, this creation that was created, he created something for us to be in until we can get to this place that is our new place. We, we destroyed the other. And it's, it's the, the, like, if you look at our planet, it makes sense. Like the whole thing's a ship, you know, you've got earth, you got all that and, and, it, and it's tornadoing through the universe. And the earth part is similar. It's, it's what keeps us not losing our minds while you're traveling through nothingness for so long. And it allows us to work through what it is that we got in our way in the first place to have destroyed what we destroyed before. 
You know, and that's the one thing is chaos and separation. We try to be our own power instead of being one with each other, realizing that we actually aren't even separate. These are just like clothing, you know? So and, I, and I found, honestly, the most loving example. And to me, that was more loving of God to say, wow, I'm going to hold my children for a little longer. Let them realize we're not separated. We're actually in this together. And I'm going to let them walk through this so they don't have to torture themselves through this stuff. And I sit there and I go, wow, you know, I, I'm a parent. And that's what I do with my children. I mother them and love them. When they make their mistakes, I hopefully guide them to making better ones, better decisions so they don't make those same mistakes again. And it's the same thing that God is doing, just waking us up, calling us to see that we don't have anything to be blinded by and that we don't need to find something. It's right here in us. The whole universe is in us. We're not separated from it. So did you see your other body or your real yes. body inside of the pod? Yes, I did. I actually fully came right out. We were walking around. I got to see how things functioned and worked. So yeah, I did. And we're not the skin. This is just a, it's like a, like clothing. You mentioned that you looked in the mirror and saw yourself. So what did you see as ourselves? Like an energetic body? I was full of energy, yes, but I was huge and a face of like a lion, but in, in a human type form body, but fully electrical, like light of all kinds, color, frequencies of insanity. So yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting because then God was calling me Eric and like my dad changed my name, called me Leanne. My grandma and my great grandma and some of my cousins always called me Ariel. And that's what my name was supposed to be. And there was a family feud when the name changed apparently. So I've gone back to that name because that was even the name that God called me on. I was kind of confused. <laughs> it was like that. You're not who you think you are, you know, like, but that name, it rang a bell and I looked it up and in Greek, it means lion. It was interesting hmm. to see this lion, this face, but not like, you know, not like the lions we have walking around, like a, almost like a superhero type looking thing. That's some I would have never imagined creating, to be honest, it was undescribable for me of something I would never imagine or even put together as a piece of who I was. But yeah, we're very electrical beings. We, we move through sound and frequencies, resonance, you know, and that was the one thing that I learned is that it's interesting to find on this plane that I picked up music and just loved it. But that, that was something I was in charge of over there. Like music was my department and I'm like, whoa, okay, that makes sense. I play every instrument the moment I touch it without even trying, you know? So, so much clarity happened to me. I became, a, I'm, I'm not even the same person. My own kids had to get to know me again. My eyes were greenish blue. They're now gray. Even my doctor was like, they, they did a bunch of tests on my eyes in Canada. And they just said, the only thing we can think of is when someone dies, that they lose their pigment, like all color can remove from their eyes. And I just woke up with that same removement of the color but that was the first thing everyone said to me when I opened my eyes back to life was both Marsha and Tyler went holy crap those are not your eyes your eyes are gray and it took me 11 months almost 12 months to get used to my eyes because you you spent 40 some odd years with them that's what you're used to seeing and I put contacts in so I was like what the that's amazing so yeah 
So are you saying that in reality, we're all on a spaceship looking or traveling to another planet and we're all in pods living in this simulation on Earth and working on ourselves until we reach the new planet? Yeah. And everything that everyone's doing around you is because of the way you believe, the way you think about your perspective of things. So like if you walk into a room, right? You walk into a room thinking you're absolutely nothing. You feel these rejections. That room is going to reflect that to you. Mm. And you're going to get those reactions. And they're going to continue to make you believe that, yes, I am rejected. I am all these things. See, they just keep doing it. The entire time, it's all because of that's the way you perceive you to be. And when you receive the truth, you watch the world change around you. You know, I'm not saying it wasn't hard. I've had a lot of friends walk away. They just were like, this is too much. I've also had a lot come back when they were like, you know what? This does speak truth. Can we hear more? But I'm the happiest I've ever been. I don't have a racing mind. I don't think, I don't get anxious. I don't get depressed. I have my moments where, yes, my body hurts so bad, it'll bring me to tears. But even in that, the people around you will tell you, I'm not down and out about it. I smile and go, well, at least because of what's going on with my body, I can help so many others. Because I work in with medical people and I make plant medicines. I've had medicines I create that's been up against pharma in Canada and all sorts. So now I do that full time is helping others, helping them find healing. And it's because of keeping myself alive. It helps people do better than that. Did you get any indication of a timeline of when we will reach the new planet? I kind of did. It's never been something I've felt released to share, to be honest. I've felt like it's something I'm supposed to just continue doing what I'm doing to help people see who they are. But I feel like something like that can create fear. You know, we get used to a certain way of living and a certain way of guiding ourselves. You bring in something that's so opposite, it freaks the crap out of us. I mean, you think about society, watch how it's been going. Think of all those movies that came out before all of a sudden that actual thing happened in real life all of a sudden, right? It's like they prepare us for what's coming. But you're, you're mentally and physically all those prepares happen. I have a couple, uh, one other person that's been through the same experience and they have the same image as me. And we both very much just talk about that time with each other. We don't talk about it outside. And as much as I'd love to, (laughs) I don't feel like I'm supposed to. Okay. Can you tell us what we did to the other planet? Well, control, manipulation, and chaos is something that we seem to want to uh, hang on to. Originally, there was more than, I mean, we're all, in a sense, aliens, right? Obviously, we're all going to be aliens in a new planet because it's not ours. In a sense, you have, like, people, we all look the same. We all come in human form. But you have people that are not of this plane, and then you have people that are. And the biggest thing that I, I, sorry, I'm like lost my train of thought for a second, but the biggest thing that, that we are supposed to understand is that we are as God is. 
We're not separate from that. We co-created this. And what exploded this was us trying to separate from the source of all life to create on our own without any life source, to become our own individual, to create our own empires. And all that did was bring our own demise and self-destruction because what you do when you try to separate is you begin to build stages. And eventually you get jealous if someone's stage is a little bit higher than the other. And what happens? You pick up arms and you just keep going. Instead of recognizing that if you all put it down on the ground and you all were to share and come and bring your harvest together, that not one would be without and not one would be separated and not one would even feel that because we would recognize what we do unto another, we do for us because we are that one equal breath. And that mentality that where we think we're not that is what destroyed us. Greed, judgment, selfishness, all the opposite of what love is. See, we can't be in, we can't be in love and in fear. And that's all there really is. Everything else comes from all of that. All the other emotions come from either love or fear. The moment we move into fear is the moment we miss the boat. What do you think is the best way to not be in fear? For me, I mean, <laughs> once you realize what this is, it's kind of like you're just like, well, this is just a game. You know, let's play it properly. And what, what would... What puzzle pieces would we all need to do this right? I think realizing that we actually have all the things we've ever needed right here, right now, whether this planet existed or not, we do not cease to exist. If we are not just part of creation, we are the creation. We are that breath. So how do we get into that? We accept it. Stop believing the opposite. You know? See that fear is nothing but a mirage of BS that we make up so that we make an excuse to not be what we are. You mentioned that you saw other things on the other side that you're looking for or finding here. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So basically like, cause once I realized what the simulation was, I was able to walk around things and go through things. No problem. And the conclusion I had is that if we're in a simulation and this simulation is representing the earth that we once had, we're doing what we're doing to it. And in this simulation, if it shows that our earth once was of these things, then those signs and symbols would be in the simulation as well. So I, I saw symbols of hieroglyphics, symbols of different stones, symbols of different tribes, which represented the dimensions. And I began to basically go to some of these places that would have maybe looked like a different map at one time, you know? But now we have this map, but I just kind of reversed everything and I would go and I'd find those hieroglyphics right there in the middle of nowhere. You know, I'd find some of these 
basically thin places that you could easily slip through the realms into. So that was something that I found phenomenal to see the markings that I saw there, here, which made me see that nothing is separated. It's all one union. There is no death. This is a, a, a place that makes us believe there is because we've, we've jumped onto chaos. And then even the people, which has been interesting. I met some people or saw some, I don't know how to explain it, but God gave me some names and some people to go and, and find, basically, when I returned. <laughs> you know, it's like playing Where's Waldo sometimes because it's not like he gives you an address and a name. And like There's just sometimes a picture of the person. Sometimes it's just a name. Sometimes it's a job. But whenever I would have the feeling that I was in that area and it would match what I was shown there, I'd walk in and there that person would be. And sure enough, every time we'd go and meet, we'd look at each other and go, we know each other, even though we didn't. And we were able to talk and they were able to release what they had already been holding for so long. So those kinds of things, like you just show up to a stranger's place and they right away know that you're supposed to be there and they bring you in and they give you pieces of information. It's phenomenal. I mean, even how I've been able to work with a federal marshal, they, they were one of the people on the list. <laughs> so I went to them and it wasn't an easy situation. I thought I was going to disappear at some point, but finally we got through and now we're working side by side and they're awoken to this stuff and they know things too. So it's like, it's a beautiful thing. How long were you dead for? There's been like, <laughs> No one really timed it, but there's been about several guests between, they say anywhere between 10 minutes to 15 minutes, they believe I was gone for. And they're basically going off of the distance from the one place they took my body to the next and how long it takes to get there. So that's how they've estimated it. <laughs> but that's been where it's at. But when the nurse came, and checked on me and everything. I came back to life while the nurse was there. And so the nurse didn't even have time of how long because they only have the witness of basically the ones who were there and taking care of me at that moment. But yeah, that's the guess right now. They say that between 10 and 15 minutes is what they believe because they're like, it takes 10 minutes to get from this spot to the next. She was still dead when we brought her to that spot. She was laying on that spot, and then that's where they don't know. They're like, how long was she actually laying on that spot for before she came back, To, I woke up with my dog's mouth, with my dog having his mouth, his nose and mouth in my mouth, because he was trying to breathe for me. Hmm. That was not a fun way to return with a mouthful of air in your mouth. Was the nurse shocked when you woke up? They were all pretty shocked. And then I know that they took Marsha and Tyler into the back room and they thought that I would be gone like within the next few days or whatever. So. It sounds like they showed you a possible future of your kids ending their lives because you had died. And that's why you came back. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Did God ever ask you, would you like to go back or would you like to stay? No, I begged to go back. <laughs> it was more like I was already there in my time. And when I experienced and saw that, 
I came in and I just said, please, like, I know, but I need to go back. Please let me. And I begged and begged. I kind of had a bit of a fit while I was up there. And then they all like the whole room filled up with like everyone. They all started laughing because then they said, look at her. She can act like she can act human here, but can't act human there. (laughs) So I was like, well, you know, but yeah, they know they finally let me go back, but it was, I had to convince. And then uh, there's a process before I went back. The thing is, you don't talk like we talk here. We already know what's going on in our minds. That's the communications is there. But I was explained to what my difficulty was going to be returning, especially with knowing what I know. Because when you understand love, you understand the union, and you come here, and you understand that so much, this chaos is extremely painful, man. Because you got to think about it. Here, you understand both. So the love, you you take it in and you enjoy every minute of it while you can. And, and other things, well, you just know they're part of life. But if you've been away from all of that, and nothing but pure bliss, you chose to what I would say is hell to return to. First of all, I keep asking myself, are you an idiot? But love is something that's so strong that you recognize, even though you might suffer when you return for a bit, it's minuscule, like tiny comparison to the eternity of life that we already are living. And there's, this is the one thing that I, why I left religion, to be honest. There's no golden ticket to get damn safe. You already are what you are. You can't separate. And an old dad is going to go, okay, that's it. Now I don't like your hair, so get out of here. You know what I mean? That's not it. God is not even male nor female either. We put those things into boxes. God doesn't care who you love. Period. The whole thing that gay and not gay, that was put in by man's ideas. Period. And so that's why I can't stand for something that creates a line. But I believe in God. Do you fear death at all? No. Do you feel that you're still processing your experience? I don't know if I'm necessarily processing the experience. I think what I'm processing now is the return of the last two years. Because, uh, you know, I, I had a lot, lost a lot. It's starting a whole, it's like being born into an adult body with your fresh start. You know, you get a hospice, you don't have anything. And you have this whole mindset. And so... I think that's what I've been processing, you know, just the intensity of what it was to walk in this way of of seeing life. And you're kind of, you're kind of on your own sometimes. Cause I mean, people are getting that idea. They're like, yeah, I kind of always sense that, but you know, there's a sense. And then there's like, well, I was there. And so it's a whole nother perspective. When you first came back, were you suffering any depression because you wish you were still back on the other side? No. And that's because I knew I chose. The only thing that when I first came back was I definitely was trying to push myself to be able to function a lot quicker than what I was. Um, I felt some frustrations because all I wanted to do was get to my boys and uh, they were miles away. So 
you know, that was the only thing. But no, I didn't. Now, this isn't the first time I've had a near death, though. I had one where I was only gone for a minute in Canada. And that time, I definitely did. I came back and I was definitely depressed. I didn't want to be where I was. And I felt like I couldn't handle what it was. And it was really hard. But this time, it's so different because I chose this. I knew what I was walking into. And honestly, I still walk in bliss. Like, I don't even feel separated from the kingdom whatsoever. I mean, I honestly feel like I'm floating around on this planet, to be honest. What was different about the first NDE compared to this one? Well, the first one, it was like, I just like had the typical, you know, like there was light. and Saw like my family and God and Jesus and everything. And then saw creation. And then I came back to life, but it was just this utter peace and love that I'd never really felt my whole life. I came from a very brutal past a family that, you know, they were military and I was an experiment. So it wasn't easy. And so I just, I had a hard time with the first time, to be honest, it, it caused me great strife. And, you know, I think it's also why I allowed my health to just, I was okay to just, fine you can't help me then fine i guess i'm gonna die you know but this time yeah it wasn't like that whatsoever so what do you think your purpose is now um my purpose right now is i mean basically when i returned i made it a commitment to help my boys be able to get on their feet and they are which is amazing they're doing phenomenal both of them and uh and then I made a commitment to when I came back to do everything I could to get the help I needed to for my health, which I did. And I've got an amazing team with UC Davis. They surround me. They're great. They don't, they help me even when I'm traveling. And the rest that I made a commitment to was that I would go and I would create my foundation and my, my business and continue with my life and helping those that need help in, in any way. Like, like I said, we're going head into head with the hurricane situation and the stuff we do, you know, I'll go chase after people's kids that have been taken, you know? So anything that is positive, good and helping and making any of us move further ahead, you know? Has the memory of this experience faded over time? No, no, no. It's just like it was there yesterday. It's, it's no fade whatsoever. I still, even to this day, like I get to, I mean, I don't know if you guys believe in all that, but I know what my experiences are, but I still go into those places. I still can ask her into those places without a second thought. So, Have you noticed since your second experience that you have any abilities that you didn't have prior that could be considered psychic? Yes. <laughs> and I'm actually known for it. I've, this is why I've, helped with some of the police situations that I have. Um, I've been able to help find a couple missing people in Canada. And uh, I help out sometimes with some murder investigations. I see things ahead of time. I can speak to animals. I make things electrical go all weird. Um, Everyone always has a saying that if it's, if it's stormy out and I come through, then the sun comes back out. Um, Yeah. I, I, I definitely can't watch TV very much because it just freezes. I just cause all electronics to not work very well. 
<laughs> and it's mostly with my left hand too. So I find if I use my right hand, then I'm okay. Otherwise, it's funny. Even when I've done interviews, people are like, you keep glitching out. I'm like, sorry, I'll, I'm holding it with the wrong hand. But yeah, I've definitely not the same. Friends will ask me if they have something missing. They'll say, hey, I'm missing this. Do you have any pictures of it? And I'll tell them what I see. They go to the spot and it's right there. Do you have any advice for humanity? Yeah. I think the best thing we can do to save humanity is we need to stop the chaos. We need to stop seeing each other separate beings and look at each other as if we're seeing in the mirrored image that when I see another, that I'm seeing myself. And so what I do to another is what I do to myself. And so do you really want to be sleeping on the street hungry? Do you want to not have your bills covered? Do you want to not be able to reach medicine? And if that's none of the things that you don't want to do, you want to be able to have all those things, then the best thing humanity could do is put their weapons down and start seeing each other as one and provide for each other that way. And none of us will be without if we do that. And that is what awakens us to the truth. You know, like we're not designed to be hate, judgmental, fear, any of those. We are designed to be kindness, love, compassion, and mercy. So humanity, we need to do that. Did you see God? And if so, what did God look like? I don't even think God can be put in a box, you know. I mean, at first it was this image light of a tree, like with all life. And then there was this womb image. And what I realized was then I realized this is where breath of life is Yahweh, which is breathe. We put in vowels and religion and stuff and created these names. But God is inhale, exhale, all existence, all life. Can look however we need God to show up in it's not a boxed image, you know, and even in this, you can see how we would come up with the theory of the Big Bang, you know, like, but still something created the two to come together. And that's like, God is like, it's, God's in all shapes and sizes, to be honest. There's no box for God in. Would you say that we are all a piece of God? Yeah. See, there's this thing, like, this is where religion has some truth in it. There was a saying that God actually did for all of us, which is why we're in, we're supposed to be in paradise. So like we're supposed to be in bliss while we're waiting to get to where we're getting to some things created chaos. And so God is not any of those things. God is not some schizophrenic God ready to smite us. God is us. And we are God. We are like one union, one breath. So God wouldn't destroy himself. And we have to recognize that. We have to recognize that none of us even exist without actually uttering God's name every single day. Because you are inhaling and exhaling if you're alive. What do you think inspires you about your experience? What do I think inspires me about my experience? Hmm. Thinking. I guess 
I guess what inspires me is being able to be here, having the chance to come back and being able to shout out to all my brothers and sisters out there that wake up, you know, we're, we are so not what we think we are. And we can all do so much better because we already are. <laughs> we just don't see it. I think that inspires me is to encourage and share these things to help us not be captives to these lies that we get captivated by, you know? So I guess that whisper of love that I learned about the creator of all mankind, all humanity, all the universe is that best thing is love, man. <laughs> So were you shown multiple past lives on the other side? Yeah, I was shown other lives and stuff that I had lived, like, which makes sense. I mean, if you're in, in assimilation flying through the universe for thousands and thousands of years, you know, unless they make you immortal on here, which we are, but they didn't make us immortal in assimilation and it's, you're going to keep recycling. And that's the thing is if you go into the light, that's where you go. You go back. I learned that the doorways are exiting. You know, you Most said... Most people run to the light. <laughs> in the beginning, you saw a small door and a big door. What do you think was through the big door? I don't know. I was, I've been told some things like by someone else who went through the experience, but I don't personally know because I didn't go through it. I was told that the easy way out isn't actually the best way, so... I didn't go through the big door because it was too easy. It seemed like, you know, and it it also seemed like it was so big. I was just like, it's so huge. And, and I, and I thought about that scripture. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for us. So I thought, you know, I should do that. Now my one friend, when I returned, he's like, you know, you did it the hard way, right? You did it. You went through all the dimensions, filling all of this through all of them. And I said, yeah, I'm quite aware I had to go through it. So you didn't have to do that. I said, I know. But to me, it made me strong. It made me really recognize the message that God was shouting through the universe because I went through all the universes to experience that shouting. And so because of it, there's nothing any man or any human being could ever say to me that will utter me even to shake or deny anything that I see already. Like I don't even I, I don't even go there. <laughs> While you were on the other side, did you see anybody or any family members that have already transitioned while you're yeah, there? Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw a bunch, like every, a whole bunch of people, you know, throughout my life, but even ancient, ancient ones before. And I mean, I was there for a while, so we all hung out, you know. So, um, yeah, everyone was there, you know. It's neat, though. It makes sense why we always, you know, how people talk about the ghost images and how they look way younger you know, mm-hmm. because we were put in the pod way younger. So we are seen as when we actually are awake. <laughs> so. mm. On this side, it seemed like you were dead for about 10 or 15 minutes. How much time do you think you were over there on the other side? Well, when I peeked in on my sons, it was uh, August... 2022 and i died in 2020 so and that's the only date that i have recollection of because i saw a date when i went to go peek in on them their calendar was out and so 
that was the only thing I know. Like I always tell everyone I was gone for at least a couple of years, but I feel like even more because I was going through all these different dimensions and stuff too. Right. So I don't really know. Time is not time. Like what we think time is. So Hmm. like a minute here could be like a thousand years in the realms, you know? Right. You can live a whole life lifetime and not even pass a minute here. All right. In the beginning, I mentioned that you are a musician. If people want to check out your music, where should they go? I've got a couple of places. Um, I've got a YouTube channel called Mum420. I actually teach uh, plant medicine on there, and I put some music on there that I'm writing along the journey. Um, I have an old site back when I was younger and toured, so know that if you find that stuff, I definitely don't look the same. And it's under Psalm 91 band. Um, I used to play in the churches and tour all over the place doing that. And uh, outside of that, I've got one recording that I did with uh, Robert Tossie. So we're just going to probably get it out on an EP and send that out to some people. But I was using it first for my adopted dad. They're the ones who took me in hospice because he just passed away. So we just wanted to keep it personal for a little bit. And then we're going to put it out there soon. So I also mentioned that you're an author. Can you tell us yes. about your book and where to find it? Yes, um, I wrote a book called Awakening to the Original Design of the Ancient Ones. Uh, It's on Amazon. You can get it. Look under Ariel Hooper. It'll show up there. It's got a picture of a lion and then it shows like if you the the artwork is phenomenal. Artist did it out in Canada. He's a well-known artist and he put the lion out there, the image that I saw and stuff. But then he put like all this creation stuff in there and the different like if you look through the picture, you'll just find a bunch of pictures within there. It's kind of fun. So, and I talk about my journey, what I experienced, uh, just even walking up to facing death, you know, like that's the biggest fear we all face in life. And so I walk, I talk about that in there and then talk about my experience and meeting God and what that was and what I saw in this life. Yeah. It's a great book. I hope you guys check it out. Lots of people have checked it out and they like it. So do you have a website? I don't right now. I just have my Facebook and the YouTube mom 420. And then I have TikTok, which is Lionheart Truth. I did have a website, but we put it down for a little bit while I get my finances back in order. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat with you. Are you open to that? And if so, how can they reach you? Yeah, I'm open to that. Um, People can get a hold of me even through some of my multimedia, like on TikTok, they get message in there. Um, also, Facebook, I leave pretty open so people can come on there and, and comment. So that's under Ariel Hooper. And um, yeah, I tend to find if you personally message me, I can't guarantee you I'll always feel able to get old of you right away. I travel so much. I mean, even we had difficulty trying to get this to work. But um but I do respond, you know, we get lots of people come in and ask questions and stuff. And, you know, even with us traveling across the country, if we land in your state or whatever, we're even willing to come and sit down and hang out too. So. All right, Ariel. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Yes. You are all perfect already. And uh, you just got to see it. You already have everything you need. Don't let the world scare you. Don't let the storms or the mists of lies be what controls you know that you 
get to be the eye of the storms and walk through in the fullness of love and knowing who you are. Ariel, thank you for that message. And thank you again for joining me today. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure meeting you. Take care. Likewise. You too. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.